Big Fella. It's Friday, September 6th. This is Flyaway for me and the Big Fella heading to Cleveland. Hello! We are heading to Cleveland for the big game season opener. Couldn't be any more excited than I am right now. <laughs> I'm shaking right now. Can't wait for it. Um, got a pretty epic weekend. We're going to head to the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. And then we got the game on Sunday. I, I couldn't be any more jazzed about this weekend. We're really big fans. We follow the team. Um, and uh, we just have this passion that I know tons of people have. We have a lot of listeners. We appreciate it. And this is what we want to hear, and this is what we look for, guys that are really passionate about the team or about the NFL. And big fella, we got a lot of news to cover. Uh, the NFL has been good to us the last seven days or so, right? <laughs> it sure has. There has been uh, no lack of content, uh, you know, especially as we kick off the season. I think I think it's been like some of the most active, most active week or so that I can remember. Don't you think? Oh yeah. As far as at this juncture in the season, I know you know a few years ago we had Bradford get traded for two first and. Uh, a lot of uh, activity historically this time of year has been driven by injury. Uh, we have, uh, of course, last year we had the Khalil Mack trade, and that was big. But I thought that was going to be a once in every five years thing. Uh, we have seen some activity, and we're going to talk about that. You've been discussing some of this stuff for days, but uh, we just feel like we have to cover it. Big fellas back from the last two podcasts you've been out. You've been um, up in Cleveland looking for Tawan Taylor's playbook, right? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I've been looking for it so I can steal it, but chances are he doesn't know it anyway. So uh, that's been a big talk for our fan base. And uh, do you think anything is, and I know you played, so is that, I I know I said on last podcast, it is a factor. You know they've had him in a room asking him everything up and down. Is that a a material advantage for them? I don't think so. I mean, obviously any playbook I've ever looked at is nothing compared to an NFL offense, but there are a lot of different things that go into this. No, we were going to cut him, I think. I really think we were going to cut him and let him walk, and why not get a seventh-round pick in exchange? I think it's been clear to the Titans fans and to everybody over the past couple of seasons that Taewon Taylor, you know, there's a pretty good chance he doesn't understand the playbook. He doesn't run the right routes. Marcus doesn't look at you if you don't run the right routes. And this preseason, he's had an issue with drops. I really think he was expendable, and I don't think him going to Cleveland, yeah, they're probably having in a room grilling him, and then after five minutes, they're like, oh, Okay, so I, I really don't think it's a big advantage. Plus, you know, if you have even just a week to prep for a game, you, you change, switch up the calls. Yeah, you switch yeah. up the calls. You change up your looks, and it's nothing that hard, especially for somebody who's been around for a long time, like Arthur Smith. And you know, Marcus, you know, he's in his fifth year, but think about all the looks he's had at Oregon. I mean, he right. had a lot of checks, right. and he could he he can jump into a lot of different plays. And I have I have no doubt that it's not going to play a big a big impact. I think there has been some negative sentiment towards um, Tawan Taylor. And, uh, yeah, I, I wish he would have applied himself a little bit more. We've uh, been disappointed in some catches. But uh, Jim Wyatt, who I consider a, a really good authority on personality of these guys and sees them day, day to day, gets to go to the locker room, uh, says he's a really nice young man and everything. So we do wish him the best. But uh, at the same time, really appreciate the shrewdness of our – you draft a guy in the third round, two seasons later it doesn't work. That's right, the thing about and that's the thing, and I really appreciate that about him because he doesn't feel like he has to prove his worth. He's not fighting for his job, so he's he is uh, more comfortable in saying, "Yeah, I'm going to cut bait on this guy because I don't have to answer to it." Yep. As to say, where a guy who might have his uh, job on the line say, "Well, if I do this, it makes me look this way." He doesn't have to overanalyze it, and I really 
can't think of anybody they cut bait on that came back to bite us. I know it's just been three seasons. So uh, there are guys uh, at the end of this roster from a, a receiver perspective that, yeah, I don't think they have uh, Pro Bowl ceilings, but I'm going to enjoy seeing them work and play, and they do know the playbook, and they are ready to play, and they have stayed healthy. So just kudos to our front office for just being shrewd, right? Yep, uh, definitely agree. I mean, look at some of the moves that J-Rob has done. He's not afraid to admit his mistakes. I said I would never bring him up again, but Kevin Dodd. Yeah. <sighs> See, Kevin Dodd on other NFL teams is uh, wasting a roster spot just on principle. Yep. Think about that, and yep. that's awesome. Big fella, we have spent a lot of time over the last, I don't know, six months on this podcast since March and before that uh, talking about Antonio Brown. We discussed about the possibility of him maybe coming to Tennessee. I said that I thought that would be a terrible idea. I obviously didn't know we'd be in this territory. But you and I both watch Hard Knocks. You were talking about how unprecedented the last seven days has been. Can you tell me a player of a higher profile that has had a weirder six months uh, in or around his prime? This guy, I, I know I called him six months ago. He's dye his mustache blonde crazy. Uh, at this point, without hyperbole, I'm a little worried about his mental state. I think there might be something wrong with him. Landon uh, has pointed out that you know, he had a really bad hit against uh, Vontez Burfick in that playoff game a year and a half ago against the Steelers. Uh, we don't want to have conjecture about people's health. Landon has a theory that he may have some – maybe they kept all these issues quiet. The guy played eight seasons before we had a lot of issues from him. Uh, what, what's at play here, and is this unprecedented to, to you like it is me? I think it's pretty unprecedented. The only, you know, other – Kind of situation I can remember with a high-profile player acting a little crazy was when Randy Moss was kind of going right. back and forth between teams, and there was right. the thing with the marijuana stuff, and it, it got a little weird. But this is this blows that out of the water. Completely weird, completely unprecedented. As great of a player as Antonio has proved to be, Antonio Brown has proved to be over his career. This is nuts. I mean, Absolutely. he's crazy. I the mean, feet thing, the helmet thing, right. the blowing up at, at your boss thing. And, and like apparently yesterday. he threatened to punch Mike, Mike Mayock in the face. Tell me one employer who, tell me one employer who, if you threaten to punch your boss in the face, you're showing up to work the next day. I mean, it's it's unprecededented. It's not fair anywhere. to the boss. No, it's not fair to the to, boss. To have to be in that threatening environment. And here's and, the other thing that I... I mean, Mayock doesn't need our help, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it, no. yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and then here's the other thing you're saying to your team. You know, this guy acts out, and he's threatening to punch you in the face, and he's still going to have a job the next day. What does that tell the rest of your players on your team? This kind of behavior is going to be not only accepted but and tolerated, but, you know, almost encouraged. That's interesting you bring that up because this is a uh, team trying to change a culture. They are in the face of this, so they can take a hard line here. But at the same time, the guy's talent is uh, undeniable. I wonder, I really thought for a while, he's just doing all this to not have to go through training camp. I mean, the guy has excellent work ethic historically, but he's taken some plays off in practice when he's been there. He's just been really strange. So I don't know that a team culture, especially a fledgling one, like we all know the ups and downs over the last 20 years of the Raiders. I think even more this so than the average NFL team, I think it's absolutely been tough for them. And look at what Pittsburgh and the – we don't like the Steelers at all, but you have to admit the culture and the program and the tradition and everything is there. And uh, they know how talented the guy is, and they kicked him to the curb. You wonder about, for me, from a contractual standpoint, I do some st sort of stuff like that in my professional life. 
I don't think you can invalidate invalidate a trade over antics. I mean, the Players Association is very strong. I know people are talking about maybe avoiding that $30 million of money. I don't know that they can get there right now, but I think that they're trying to leverage that, not to take that money from him, to scare him straight and get him in there and get him serious. Right. I would definitely agree. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, they can do a bunch of different things. So, apparently, the money is guaranteed. The, the sign-on bonus is pretty much... At least $14 million of it is guaranteed if he's on the roster by tomorrow as of 4 p.m. Eastern. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. And I think we'll kind of find out within 24 hours of what's going to happen. I've heard a lot of speculation that they'll just cut him, just move on from him and let him do what he wants, none of, and not pay any of that guaranteed money. I've heard that they might try to wait until 401 tomorrow, then waive him and kind of pay him the $14 million and, and then let him go do his thing and, you know, like a, a whole to avoid litigation type deal and come to an, a, an agreement where they separate on good terms. I've heard a bunch of different things, and honestly, nothing would surprise me at this moment. I, I yep. wouldn't be surprised That's if he's fun. on the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he's cut later today. Yeah, I mean, that seems uh, absurd to think, but... Maybe he will, and then he might suit up on Sunday. It, it, like you said, it's really up in the air and really strange. We don't know these people, right? We think about them, talk about them a lot. If you are showing, showcasing the same type of behavior, I'd be really worried about you. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end of the day, and I hate the conjecture we had earlier about if he's had some injury, but this is football. It is. And I am, I am uh, worried about the guy just personally. He's got a young family and all that. And, yeah, he could just be a showboat, and he could just be in charted territory, but I, I just worry about – him as a person because it's just getting to be where he has uh, gotten in his own way personally so much. I don't know how much control he has on it. I used to think he had control. I, I don't know anymore. Big fella, obviously, uh, the most impactful uh, NFL news this this week for us has been the, the Texan stuff and Clowney, uh, Tunsil and, and Kenny Stills uh, coming over. Uh, it's been beat to, be- to death a little. I know from a national perspective, uh, a lot of nerdy Guys have come on and just ripped them up for the first-round picks, and uh, and they deserve that. I mean, I do think it, it is a big risk. What people need to understand, when a coach is making uh, decisions as a general manager, uh, the best way that I can think of this is a coach thinks, yep. think about John Robinson. So we have Mike Rabel, and Mike Rabel is not really that concerned about, honestly, he's not worried about next season at all. He just isn't. A really good coach is a day-to-day operations guy, and he's trying to get the best product on the field, right? So, of course, he would like whatever help he could have on Sunday. Now, John Robinson obviously is as worried about opening day three years from now as he is Sunday. He honestly is. Just think about all these guys he's developed, and uh, a lot of his draft picks have higher ceilings, Tawan Taylor, guys like this. This guy is as many decisions for three or four seasons from now as he does this season. And that's the way it should be. And that's how you have continuity. And that's how you have a a strong team over time. Now, the Texans don't have that. And that's the best way to think about this trade. This has nothing to do with three three seasons from now. Everybody there, it's cliche, it's said over and over. Bill Bryan knows if they don't have success, uh, they don't start protecting Deshaun Watson. The pressure of this is as much about Andrew Luck retiring, not that they they have an opening to win this division, is the indictment on how poorly the Colts were run for three seasons uh, with uh, Ryan Grigson, that if they don't get their act together and protect him, Deshaun Watson could be in the same physical shape, and he could be hanging it up too. 
I love the pressure of it. Uh, I think it is beneficial to the Titans. Tunsil is good, not great, and but just the value of having a good left tackle, especially for them. Steals, I think, was a throw-in, but he does have value, especially in that offense with Watson. Uh, the clowny thing, though, and I know it's been beat to death, why not just take 16 games of clowny? Is it because he wasn't going to sign the tender? It had to have been, right? Because everybody can he, say, why didn't they sign him and trade him like they did? Yeah. Um, you know, other guys around the league, like Frank Clark and the value the Seahawks got uh, for that. I guess you can't make a player do something. And I, I have to think 16 uh, games of this guy – was um, better than a third round and a couple of uh, depth linebackers. So they must he must have told them that he wasn't going to show up to week 10, right? Probably. So he me, had to. I mean, that's no value. Let me hit on your first point about Deshaun Watson and, you know, the impact of the Tunsil trade and, and things like that. So, number one, like you mentioned, this trade was done to help them this week. Bill O'Brien is coaching game to game, and he's making moves to, to secure his football team immediately. And then the point you made about Deshaun Watson and keeping him healthy. He was the most sacked quarterback last year out of the entire league. Oh, yeah. He, he was took the a most meeting. sacked. I think yeah. he had over 50 sacks. And that's not all his play style. Yeah. I not, mean, no. yeah, he has a play style. 50 sacks, that's absurd. It's crazy. I that's mean, what got um, David Carr pretty much out of the league early. I mean, that is dangerous. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, especially with the Andrew, Andrew Luck news of him retiring, and we saw how beat up he was in his first couple of seasons – you can't take that risk with a guy even more mobile and not as big and bulky as Andrew Luck in Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's yeah. not, he doesn't have point. the frame of Andrew Luck, and he probably can't take that many hits. I mean, the guy had to travel by bus to a game last season for, what was it, a punctured lung? Oh, or? yeah. He's already showing signs of wear down, so you have to protect him. Right. And I think, like you said, the, the stills was just a throw-in. But think about this. When healthy, Will Fuller has been a dynamic player. Basically, they just got themselves another Will Fuller. Yeah, Will and Fuller they can yeah. they can essentially keep those guys both fresh, not play Will Fuller a, a million plays a game, and, you know, sprinkle them in interchangeably. And honestly, both of them on the field at the same time kind of has me a little worried. Um, so They're going to be – they ought to be electric yeah, on offense. They, they, they should absolutely be. should be. They should be. And, you know, I think, I think Laramie Tunsil, I think he's – you know, obviously, like you said, I don't think I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player. Eventually, I don't know if he's he's an that upgrade great. immediately, definite he's upgrade good. to their offense, especially after you know losing Dwayne Brown a couple seasons ago. I think he's definitely what they need and a solid addition to their team. So definitely big stuff there. Yeah, um, two first round picks is unreal conversation in a second. Right. But before everybody gets on that, teams do that and survive. I think it, and like we said, they're not worried about three seasons from now. It does make them better now. My bigger question is the clowny thing, though. Yeah, the clowny thing, I think it's huge. I think, honestly... Because the their whole, defense was good last year, but where's it going to come from this year? I mean, I, they could be, they could take a step back on defense, and that's big. They could take a big step back. Um, I mean, thankfully for them, unfortunately for us, they have that that J.J. I, I've never heard of him. J.J. what? or J.J. what? J.J. what? <laughs> never heard of her. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> never heard of her. In all seriousness, they do have J.J. Watt. They do believe. I believe they still have Whitney Merciless. They have yeah. some. They oh, have question. some decent pieces, and they got a guy that I really liked a couple of years ago coming out of Vanderbilt, Zach Cunningham, and yeah, he's turned into a really good linebacker. He's a good linebacker. Um, he's so they have range. some pieces, yeah. and they're still going to be good. But Clowney, I think the whole situation got away from him. He was reported that he was going to report after the third preseason game, 
And then he ended up firing his agent because yeah. no, no talks were being. There's a lot of pressure on these guys without to get the most deal, and they hear a lot of different things. I totally agree, and uh, I think it's tougher than it was two years ago because these guys, Le'Veon Bell, some people have stepped out. Yep. And so, could you imagine the pressure and know well if if it bounces this way? I mean, the difference is ten or twenty million dollars in, in an extra year, or if you get hurt. And we've seen guys just absolutely sort of come up empty. So there's a lot of pressure on these guys that are feeling pressure from their family and other places in some instances. Uh, for me, uh, wow, it just made for great drama. And of course oh, yeah. it's our, uh, our rival. And so it's gonna be really, really interesting to see how it impacts this season. First domino to fall though was Andrew Luck. And it is just really interesting to see how this guy is hopefully healing up and making travel plans, but he has impacted the NFL yep. uh, greatly, even not playing. Um, Big fella, um, just more point to their defensive line. Uh, they were top five uh, against the run last year. That was really kind of the backbone of what, what made them win the division, I think, besides explosive uh, play from Watson. That was my thing. Uh, Clowney, we remember those uh, highlights from college of him jumping over the line and sacking a running back, quarterback. The guy was really good against the run. So I know Watt is good against the run as well, but I, I just wonder if even if they take a step back in their top – 10 or top 12 against the run, I really think that uh, this this division is going to come down to a game or two. It always has, yep. especially in recent memory. And uh, I just want our uh, want our uh, Titans fans to, to look for that, see how they are against the run right off the bat. Uh, I think they've taken that for granted just because they've had some big names and they've had a good defense for a while. Definitely. And I, I don't want to <laughs> put too much stock into this, but part of me believes that Clowney – might be worth a game to that team, you know. I think. Yeah, I, I do think, think he's. Yeah, I think not having yeah. Clowney could cost them a game. It, it, somewhere down the road, if if we get into the end part of the season and Derrick Henry's on a tear like he was, uh, I mean there there is a realistic possibility that they could lose a game because they don't have a guy like Clowney. Now, you know, there is still plenty of players to be signed, and we know a lot of things happen in the early part of the season where they could find some player. Not to usually to have an impact to that level. I mean, things happen. But right, they're not going to replace the clowning. Let me, let me right. go yeah. on the record and say that. They could get some other pieces to kind of mask it, but I, I really think that not having clowning will cost them at least probably one game. I just got to think they knew they couldn't have him for 16 games because, mm-hmm. yeah, they've done some questionable stuff here, but him for 16 games, a third rounder, they would get that conversation anyway. So people are really hard on them for that, but uh, as uh, as I think is common, we don't have all the facts here. Right. There you go. How about Sunday, big fella? First oh. of all, suck up. I mean, they he was active for the last uh, preseason game, and then he's on our – he is going to be eligible because he was on the opening 53-man roster. He will be eligible to come back uh, later on in the season. We've set up and watched um, all of these home games uh, over the last several years and thought, this is – pound for pound, the best player at our team, on our team for what he does, he's going to make an impact. But what do you think about Kairos? Um, I don't hate Kairos. He's been around the league for a little while now. He's an accurate kicker. He, he you know, He's had success elsewhere. So I think he's a a, a fine substitution for right. Suckup. And a pinch, yeah. Right. He's not Suckup, of course. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we're kicking in cold weather games because he's always been a warm weather game, a warm weather kicker. I think it was in Tampa Bay most recently. Um, so, like, I, I think of two years ago when we went to the Kansas City, Kansas City, we relied on Suckup to kick two field goals in a row because, if you'll remember, Andy Reid tried to ice him and he missed that field goal, and then he came back and nailed that second one for the game winner. I think it'll be 
I think he's going to have to, you know, kind of get up to speed pretty quick. It's a long-term play. They don't want him to have a nagging injury all year. They want to get him healthy, mm-hmm. and they want him exactly what you said, down in crunch time, and especially if they're back in Kansas City in January and it's five degrees out there. Yep. They don't want Cairo then. Uh, they right. won't suck him. So it's weird to see a long-term play on a kicker, but if you're that good and you're that important to this team, because this team is a game of inches. They're built to win an ugly game, and you win ugly games with a kicker. You do. With an absolute clutch kicker. So. You do, and I, like you said, I think they're waiting for Suckup to get to get healthy. And then yeah. one of your most famous jokes here today. Don Aguayo. Don Aguayo. So I, thought, I, think... I thought that right, but, but uh, best of luck to Suckup. And uh, we know Landon is uh, is uh, sweating that. that. That is literally one of his favorite players uh, on this team. He loves Suckup, and, uh, and we do too, man. He's just been an absolute boon. He and Brett Kern too. Is Of all the things we've had to worry about, uh, over the last five years or so, it hasn't been special teams. Things. No, so it, those it guys and uh, Bo Brinkley. We're going to talk and try to get with you um, when we get in Cleveland, uh, give you some pregame stuff. But just right now, as, as we get ready to head out, big fellow, in Vegas, we're five and a half point underdogs. Literally, Cleveland is a national darling after winning nine games in three years. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get there's talent there. Um, they have some injury concerns. Uh, obviously, uh, he's not at 100. He's complaining about some hip issues. They're going to be hyped up there. They're penciled in for the uh, a- AFC North. Be right in that picture. But yeah, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. These are two teams that have the benefit of the doubt with me. Um, as far as Sunday goes, big fella, what is your honest to goodness gut feeling heading up there? I think it's going to be a heavyweight title fight. I mean, I'm not, you know, I think it's ridiculous and we aren't getting any love from the national media, but we don't. We don't usually. So, um, whatever. We're used to that. You know, let us go up there and and show them how to play ball. I think it's really going to come down to both defenses, to tell you the truth. Both teams have struggling offensive lines and good defensive fronts. So, I think it's going to be who can stop the other other offense. I think, I, I hope we watch that Tampa Bay game and, can get five sacks in in the first half. Right. That would that would be ideal for me. Um, but I really, you know, as you mentioned, they have a lot of talent, specifically on defense. So it's not going to be a, a walk in the park. I think we're going to have to be firing on all cylinders. We've seen a lot of the a lot of our Titans teams over the years start off slow. We can't do that. We got to come out. We got to come out swinging. We got to get Henry going. Yeah. And I think we just really have to play smart football. Um, and realize, you know, we're in a hostile environment. We've gone to Cleveland before. We've won in Cleveland before. So we just have to be smart about it. Play a great game. We need to get Delaney Walker involved. Not worry about, you know, we have to come out swinging, but we can't be, like, taking 30-yard bomb shots every every play. We need to, you know, just move the chains, get Henry going, smart completions, uh, and, and just and beat them, beat them while we can. There is a lot of hype around this team, but um, of the Browns, I do expect their defense to be really good and the defense line to be excellent. Every other podcast you hear, um, especially nasty, they're going nationally, they're going to talk about what's up to Mariota, blah blah blah. Well, as we all know, his first game as a pro in September 2015 uh, against Tampa Bay, we protected him well, and we saw what we could do. Now we've protected him a time or two, and uh, he's uh, he's been inaccurate, but generally. Like you said, it's our offensive line. If we protect him, and that's going to be a tall order without Taylor Lewan and with who they have on the defensive yep. line, not just people think of Garrett, but uh, we know that uh, they have a really balanced uh, defensive line. They're going to get after us a lot of different ways. Uh, I think they have a good scheme, so that is my worry. But if we can find a way, Conklin, knock on wood, does seem like 
he form. is back to form. I think a lot of that was mental and coming back and learning to trust that uh, soft tissue and all that. Like they say, we're going to have to have a big game from him and from uh, Dennis Kelly. They're going to have to protect uh, Marcus, and the Marcus is going to have to be in the right headspace. But absolutely, a lot of Marcus's, not all of his problems, have come down to production. That's what you look for Sunday, guys. That's what it's going to be. we got to come out, and we're going to have to uh, neutralize a really good defensive line. Right, and to that point, all fans out there, be on the lookout for multiple looks on the offensive line. I think we probably go with a lot of big sets, and we get multiple big bodies in there. I think we get Kelly in there, uh, Panfield. We get Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Conklin. I think they're going to probably sprinkle Nate Davis in there, too. And, you know, we might run with two two tackles on one side like we used to do those – those heavy sets with, we did that with, with Kelly a lot. Kelly a lot. Yeah. And I wouldn't be Two surprised. Success. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we, we utilize that quite a bit um, in a bunch of different sets and move some, move some players around, get some, get some players in there and, um, you know, get us some good looks and get Mariota some time and, you know, pave some running, running lanes for, for Derrick Henry and, you know, get Deion Lewis out of the backfield. I, I think even though we're kind of outmanned with uh, Luan on suspension right now, I think we'll get, some success by changing up a bunch of looks. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, we talked and we said this, you know, a month ago when we found out the the the, the Lawan thing. The timing could not be worse. Mm-hmm. If we win this game, emerge from this game Sunday, when we win, when we win, absolutely. Right. Okay, <laughs> I cannot imagine us talking about that without saying, "Wow, Saffold was worth every penny in Week One, and Conklin's back." The coaching staff did a lot of really creative things to help out Kelly. And that's it's just going. There's just no way we're going to be like, oh, they played like crap, and we found a way to win. I just don't see it. Yep. So uh, that's what we're getting ready for, and that's what we're so excited for. Uh, we're going to go uh, around Cleveland and uh, wear our uh, two tone blue, and uh, we yes, don't get haze too much because big fella <laughs> is the big fella. But we're, I'm going to try to stay out of trouble, and we're going to go to the uh, Hall of Fame tomorrow, and we're going to do a podcast and let you know all about it. And we're going to get hyped. Uh, you guys have been listening to us. It's been uh, just absolutely amazing because we feel the energy that. Nationally, we're not being talked about. We're going to have to get good quarterback play. And, yeah, we're going to have to compensate for a very untimely loss for one. But we have a chance to get off to a good start of the season. And there's some energy and there's some hope there, right, Big Fella? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think this is the most um, complete roster we've had in quite some time, if ever. Well, I since think, the good old days, absolutely, right. yeah. I think now's the time. We're ready to roll. We'll talk to you soon. Tighten up. Tighten up.